Well, we are hurting people, aren't we? We live in a badly hurting world. We inflict hurts on other people. We receive hurts ourselves. Hurting is natural. Forgiving is supernatural. That's God's gift to us. And what I want to talk to you about for these few moments is as you walk through that process of forgiveness, we looked at Ev Worthington's model where you recall the hurt in a different way, you empathize with the offender, you offer forgiveness altruistically as a gift, you make the commitment very concretely to forgive. But then H in this little reach model stands for hold. I got to hold on to forgiveness because I can forgive today, but tomorrow or the next day or the day after that, I will see the person that hurt me or I will uh, hear their voice or the memory of it will occur to me or somebody else will hurt me in a similar way and the anger will come back and I'll be tempted to think I must not have forgiven at all. So this is from Ev Worthington. You might see a cooler uh, depiction of this on your screen. Three loops that are really key. The first one is what might be called the transgression loop. Might be because that's what Ev calls it. And the idea here is in the transgression loop, there's the memory of the hurt, the person that betrayed me or insulted me or deceived me. And then there's my emotions of anger or fear or hurt. Now, those emotions are not toxic. That's actually quite important. Uh, that's like a warning to make sure that this situation gets resolved and that I don't allow myself unnecessarily to get back into that same situation again, or that I have a concern for justice and the well-being of other people not to be hurt in that way, or for society to be fixed in a more just way. So the memory of a hurt and those hardwired emotions, that's not the problem. The problem is this loop, this second loop, the unforgiveness loop, and in the unforgiveness loop, I, I move from simply having a memory of that situation and the emotions that will naturally respond to it to rumination. And here's where I spiral down. I stew, I brood, I nurse self-pity and a sense of superiority and experience bitterness and resentment and hostility and hatred and coldness and superiority. And, and this becomes a loop that goes back and forth. I have these emotions and they make me feel like I'm superior to this other person. I feed off of them in an odd way. So that causes me to ruminate more and that causes those feelings to come back. This is what's got to get broken. It's unforgiveness and rumination that need to be healed. And they rarely simply fade away. So that brings us to the third creative divine possibility, which is a forgiveness loop. And here, this is where it's really important that I get very concrete about making the decision that I will actually forgive this person. And we've talked about writing it down, uh, creating a certificate of forgiveness, talking about this with another person, attaching a date to it, and then... Um, what I can do is allow the memory of this where now I've committed to thinking about this person in a different way that will over time generate, if not passionate, joyful emotions, at least low-level emotions of sympathy or compassion or empathy with that other person. And it's going to be a journey. It's going to take a long time, possibly. The more deeply we're hurt, the longer it'll take come back now to the story of Joseph and his brothers. You may remember from this story, he'd been um, uh, the victim of jealousy on their part. They hated him. He was pretty grandiose about it. He was his dad's favorite. So they sold him into slavery. 
22 years later, they're finally brought to Egypt. God's at work in all of this. And after a long, torturous process, Joseph finally reveals himself to his brothers. And um, when he sees that they really changed, that they really repented. And in chapter 45, he weeps so loudly, the Egyptians hear him, I'm Joseph. Um, Is my father still living? Come close to me. Don't be distressed. Don't be angry with yourselves. Threw his arms around his brother Benjamin, wept, kissed all his brothers, wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with them. So now it's all good. It's all over, right? Eh, maybe. Kind of interesting. Even here in Genesis chapter 45, he loads up their camels, their caravan, um, gives them clothing and silver to take back to their dad, wants them to bring their dad, his dad, Jacob, back to Egypt. So he sends them back home to fetch their father. Um, but we're told uh, that he sent his brothers away, verse 24. And as they were leaving, he said to them, don't quarrel on the way. Now, why did he say that? Was it purely good-natured? Is he getting a little jab? Don't forget, last time that we were all traveling together, there's a little quarrel, and one of us ended up getting sold and becoming a slave and being thrown in prison for a couple of years and basically losing it. Oh, that was me. So don't quarrel on the way. Have fun storming the castle. Text doesn't tell us why he said that. It's just fascinating. This is so human. We are such a mixed bag. Uh, the journey to forgiveness is, in fact, a journey. And we see how long this can take when we come to the last chapter in the book of Genesis, chapter 50. The brothers go and they get their dad, Jacob, and they bring him back to uh, Egypt. And he lives there for 17 years. Okay, so this is 17 years after that reconciliation with Joseph. And Jacob, the dad, finally dies. Verse 15, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. Interestingly, the text doesn't tell us if uh, Jacob had actually done that or not. So that detail is left blank, but that's what they tell Joseph. This is what you're to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brother the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please, Forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. This is 17 years after Joseph had forgiven them. This is now 39 years after the wrongs had been done themselves. Joseph is now, I think, 56 years old, 58 years old. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. And then the response is quite remarkable. Uh, we'll look at that more later on. What I want to note now is um, we have to hold on to forgiveness. It is a journey. I think I've forgiven, and then I'm afraid I might not have. And I remember the uh, hurt that was done to me. I experienced those emotions. I see that face. I hear that voice. So here's a few thoughts on how do you hold on to forgiveness. And this is from Ev's book on forgiving and reconciling. Uh, the first exercise that he talks about is to decondition yourself. And he talks about uh, his need to forgive his own dad for a variety of reasons. He says, I'd forgiven my dad for many of his offenses, but I kept replaying the unforgiving tape. Annoying messages replicated out of control. Kind of like Earworm Rolling Stone not too long ago did a 
list of the songs that are the biggest earworms. Um, one of them was Who Let the Dogs Out, uh, Muskrat Love. One of them is Jingle Bells for Christmas. You get that in your head, you can't get it out of your head. And anger can be very much that way. And so I needed to do something. I decided to decondition myself. Here's what he says. I sat in my chair and looked at my father's picture. His dad was dead by this time. I thought about forgiving rather than condemning him. I repeated this several times daily for a week. Call it boredom or deconditioning. Whatever happened, my feelings about dad changed. Often in order to get, because unforgiveness is embodied inside of us, we need to use our bodies physically to change, to be healed of that unforgiveness. Over these last couple of years, when there was somebody or somebody's who had hurt me quite deeply, somebody I love, a good friend, sent me a picture, uh, and it was of that person, um, but it was a dartboard. It was literally had a bullseye in the middle of it. It was a target, and it was quite funny, and I knew that it was a gesture of support, so I received it with a lot of gratitude, but realized over time, I cannot use the picture of uh, the person who has wronged me as a dartboard without it. Uh, you know, the, the, the person who I will be throwing darts at eventually is me, my own self. So I need to be able to see this face, whichever face it is, and decondition those old feelings of unforgiveness and uh, learn how to see them differently and to see them through eyes of compassion and through eyes of humanity, through magic eyes. So you might try that with the face, with the picture of somebody who has hurt you. Uh, second practice is discipline yourself not to criticize. I thought critically of my dad less often after I deconditioned myself, but when I started talking about the past, old habits kicked in. I would quickly fall into negative talk, whether to my wife or within my head. In that nattering chatter, that sometimes passes for thinking. To change, I consciously ordered myself not to criticize. Old habits like speaking critically of dad, which I had indulged in my family of origin of my marriage, died kicking and screaming in my head. Sometimes I would actually put my hand over my mouth as a reminder not to criticize. Within a year, notice the time, those habits of a critical tongue were broken. And you can stop those thoughts too. If you catch yourself ruminating, tell yourself, let it go. Stop the blame. Help me, God. And I found in my own life, I needed to tell the story of some deep hurts that were going on. But as I would tell that story with people, there would be folks who hurt me that I would talk about in a negative way. And eventually the time came when I simply needed to stop doing that because it was reinforcing that rumination that was going on in my mind. Describe the positive is another step. When you think about that person, and you might want to write this down. We've actually talked about this before. There will be really good qualities that reside in the person who hurt me, and writing them down can be a good thing. And then finally, you might want to write a letter of apology. Now, you may well never want to send that to the other person. They may not think that 
they need to be forgiven by you, but you might want to write a letter of forgiveness. I think I said apology. I mean, write a letter of forgiveness to the other person. Write down the items that you need to forgive. Um, I have quite a few pages here. I'm not going to show this one closely and you're not going to see this electronically, but these are just pages of hurts and these are just over the last couple of years where I've needed to write down who is the person and what was the hurt and uh, where did it ding my heart? And then what was my part in it? And where do I need God to help heal me? Those are all ways that you and I can begin to hold on to the forgiveness that God will help us with. Because it is a journey. Might take 39 years. I don't know. Good news is God has eternity. Forgive us our debts as we forgive. Thanks for joining us. At Become New, we want to grow spiritually one day at a time, but it's tough to do that alone. So we're offering a little more support for anyone who would like to work on putting the content into practice. You can sign up to receive a text at the end of each week in this series, asking if you completed the here's how portion for that week. If you want, you can reply to the text and let us know how it went, or if you need prayer in taking those action steps. To sign up for the end of week reminder, just text the word MORE to 855-888-0444 and we'll put you on the list. As always, to receive the emails or video links by text, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. If you're already signed up for the emails but aren't getting them, try checking your spam folder or better yet, you can add us to your contact list. Our email address is connect at becomenew.com. If you need prayer, we're here for you. Text your specific prayer request to 855-888-0444. There's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray specifically over every person who sends a text in. We'll catch you next time.